health and well-being naturopath David Lomond is with us. We're taking a look at salt levels today and how important are they in our intake and our health, David? Extremely important to know what the salt level is in the body. Um, because we measure it through the urine and we measure it with a conductivity machine, which is laboratory quality uh, conductivity machine, to know exactly where the salts are means that you can adjust those salts down to a better level in, as a naturopathic principle. What would be uh, a good level, a good standard level to have for salt in your body? There's a reading that we call a C reading, which is a conductivity reading. So somewhere between 6 and 12 C is about the right ideal level when the carbohydrates are in balance as well. What about some of the levels that can come by your desk? We get uh, levels sometimes up in the 30s to 40s. We also get them around four. So either too high or too low is not good. Well, let's take a look at too high. What can happen to our bodies if our salt levels and salt intake is too high? Well, because our salt level in the urine is a reflection of the filtration from the blood, it's usually an indication that the actual blood is too thick. The blood is carrying too much salt and uh, dissolved solids, and therefore it's harder for the heart to push it around the body. So the heart has to work harder. And because it's working harder, it's actually, well, as, as they say, it's a muscle and sometimes muscles fail. Mm. And if the heart fails, we can have a minor heart attack, major heart attack or even a fatal heart attack. Stroke involved in that. And also. a stroke can yeah. be involved in that as well. Right. Now, that's if it's too high, your level. If what it's about too the high. other end of the scale, if the, the salt intake in, in level is too low? If the salt level showing in the urine is too low, that's a reflection that there's insufficient conductivity in the body. And without that conductivity, the brain and the body can't talk effectively. So therefore, that's more likely to be the case with things like chronic fatigue, adrenal exhaustion. People with very, very low energy for, for any length of time often have very, very low salts readings in the urine. Okay, now what can be done with salt to help balance it out in your body? Well, the simplest thing, and we go back to the very first program that we did, is water. Mm -hmm. Salt dissolves in water. So most people with very high salt levels are drinking not enough water. It's a very simple process. And if they learn how to drink the right amount of water, and the water is the right type of water, that is filtered water, which is a better quality water, then that will actually lower the salt readings. For instance, with high blood pressure, if we just take a simple thing like high blood pressure, high blood pressure basically means to me as a naturopath that the pressure within the body is too great. Now, one way to treat that is to give a drug which lowers the pressure by relaxing the vascular system. That's one way. Another way to treat that is to check and see where's the salt level and... Can water be used to actually reduce the salt level in the body so that there's less pressure? It's just cause and effect. It seems to be common sense to me. Now, for good health, how much water should be drunk or should you drink per day, do you, do you suggest? Look, I go back to, as I say, the first program and where we talked in the first program, the amount that Kerry Reams worked out, who was the founder of RBTI analysis, was... Metrically, 33 mils per kilo of weight. Now, some people, because they might be 100 kilos, they may only be drinking a litre of water. That means that the whole of their vascular system is undernourished and dehydrated. And because of that, 
the circulation system cannot carry all the waste effectively out of the body. They build up in the body, put more pressure on the organs, and any organ which has got more pressure on it is liable at some stage to fail. Today, it's our intake of salt, and gee, the impact that can have on our health is incredible. And some of the areas, and one of those was cancer and salt and the contributing factors. It is. Well, one of the things that cancer need is lack of oxygen in order to um, develop in the body, if you like. It develops in, an, in a low oxygen level. And one of the things that happens is that in the blood system, um, if you can imagine the blood system like a whole lot of little donuts floating around in a fluid mix, and those little donuts carry oxygen, and they carry energy through the rest of the body. Now, if they're all clumped together as they do when the blood is too thick, then what happens is there's less of that oxygen to actually get where it needs to get. And therefore, things that are supposed to happen in those areas don't happen. The waste don't get taken away. Things don't get clear out. The body gets clogged up. And because of that, and because the cells are not then replaced at the right level, there's the likelihood of a development of abnormal growths or things of that nature happening, whether it's cancer, cysts, uh, benign tumours, whatever it may be, because the body's a self-healing, to me as a naturopath, the body's a self-healing mechanism. And if you can actually get the body to do all the clearing work that it needs to do, because the blood can carry um, the right level of energy to the cells and the organs and the tissues and everywhere else, and the messages can get through to the brain to tell the brain what's happening in the body, the brain can respond more effectively and has the energy to do so. Everything in the body generally works really well. In harmony. In harmony. But if you've got, because when we measure, say, the salts, we measure the salts to be 6 to 12 C. Sometimes when I get a sample of urine and it's got a 40 C salt reading, the urine is so thick, it's got foam on top, it, you can't see through it. It's got, it's got so much waste in there. The pressure that is on the body from that blood being filtered in that way to produce that urine means that a lot of things that are supposed to happen in that body won't happen. They can't happen. And it's basic. It's so basic. It's so simple. Um, you, you told me an interesting story which dates back to the 60s, and which is an association between cancer and salt and, uh, and a, a, a trial that was done there. Can you, can you talk? An well, it actually that dates back to 1932. It was a scientific study by a guy called uh, Francis Pottinger, and it was done from 1932 to 42, and it's called Pottinger's Cats. There's a book being written about it, but it's also an article in the Enzyme story that's on the website. You can actually download that story as well and have a read of it there. But Francis Pottinger was a scientist, and he wanted to know what the effects of different food would be on cats. So one group of cats he fed on only raw food, raw meat, raw milk, for which they had all the enzymes that they needed. Then he fed other groups of cats on different types of cooked foods, cooked meats. And what he found was in the group of cats fed only on the food that cats thrived on, there were no chronic degenerative diseases. However, in the group of cats that had their food changed or modified in some way, those cats developed 
all of the normal, what we call normal human diseases. They got cancer, they got thyroid disease, they got diabetes, they were antagonistic to each other, they couldn't, co they couldn't bond with each other, they wouldn't feed together. You know, and as the study progressively uh, developed as they went through those 10 years. Eventually, in the groups of cats which were fed on the poor quality food or the poorer quality food, those cats became unfertile and couldn't reproduce. So the study had to end. Whereas the cats that were fed on the food that was right for their body just went on and on and from strength to strength. They were easily handled. They, they had no emotional issues or, or problems. They developed strong, healthy bones. They had everything going for them. They didn't have cancers. They just went through their life in a normal way. And both groups of cats were picked up in the same way. So there was no other methodology. And his detailed work that Pottinger did was fantastic. And, and this can be likened to our society, our children and our youth now, who are sometimes first, if not second generation, going through the easy options of the fast food, grabbing this, that and the other, Look, and we see these obesity problems. Yeah, I believe it's happening today. I believe that what we are in the midst of right now is what Pottinger was proving between 1932 and 1942. Um, I just saw a, a, a statistic the other day. In the United States, between, uh, between 1980 and 1990, there was an 870% increase in autistic kids. Mm -hmm. That is huge. Where can that be coming from? <clears throat> well, to me, it can only come from our diet. It can only come from the fact that as parents, and I, I, pull, I put my hand up here. I mean, I raised my child up in a deli. Mm. You know, we ate whatever was there. So I know that when we don't know these things, it's so easy just to give our children what they want rather than us to be able to say, actually, no, we need to develop this in a different way. And it's hard when it's already started to actually make those changes. Yet in some cases where the children are quite ill, I think it's really important. Tuesday afternoon, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath David Lomond. Today we're talking, and we've been talking quite a bit about the RBTI analysis. Let's expand on that a little bit more, find out what exactly it is and how we can get involved in, and get that to happen for us. Well, look, basically it's a very simple test. Um, what I do when people come into the clinic and what I teach other naturopaths to do is to get people just to pass a sample of urine and a pass a sample of saliva at about the same time, eh, two hours or more after the last meal, a major meal. Not an early morning urine sample because that's only clearing out the waste from the night before. And what we want to measure is the actual energy that the body is showing two hours after a meal. So... Um, and basically all we do is we, we look at that and we say, okay, then what's the carbohydrates? What's the pH of the urine? What's the pH of the saliva? What's the salt reading? What's the cellular debris? What's the ureas, which I haven't talked about yet on this program, but I will bring that in, um, if not next week, the week after. Because those are the key components of the urine that we're looking at as to the biochemistry of the body. We're not examining the B vitamins or this or that or anything else. What we're saying is there's certain parameters within there that Kerry Reams discovered back in 1931 that show where the functions of the body are. And these are very simple functions. 
And the beauty of it is that they're very simple functions to make shifts with as well. Like with the salt reading, it, there's nothing simpler to lower the salt reading in the urine than to get person to drink more water. Now, over time, he will start to pull out more and more salt out of the body where it's been stuck in the cells because the body hasn't known what to do with it. So what happens is sometimes you can do a reading and you find that a person's got high salts even though they've been drinking the right amount of water because they've pulled more salts out of their cells. Their cells have dumped the salts that they were holding. And that's why people can lose weight as well because they're no longer having to hold on to all the waste materials in the cells they can actually dump it out of the body and therefore get rid of it. So drinking the right amount of water is a critical component of what people would do. So once you've got your RBTI analysis, then you can then set a path on what needs to be rebuilt or refixed in the body? Yeah, there's simple steps to take. You know, there's basically seven simple steps to, to health and wellness. And they, they're, they're just in every report that we send out, those seven simple steps. Um... Maybe next week I might actually go a little bit more into those seven simple steps before I continue with the RBTI. But they are very basic, simple steps. Well, the RBTI analysis is the first step. That can help make changes in your life and help turn you around whatever health problem or health issue you may have. It can help you in that direction. How can we find out more details? Do you have a phone number? I do have a phone number. It's an analysis system. Mm -hmm. So RBTI doesn't diagnose. As I say on the articles that I put up on the uh, 2NUR website, it's an analysis system. And the analysis just tells us the basic things about what is happening in the body. And from that, we can start to make uh, some, some very uh, simple suggestions for a client to follow. Um, they're not always easy, though. So the first thing is get the analysis done. Then take the steps that are suggested. Okay, now the phone number, if anyone would like more details, and they'd like to find out about the RBTI analysis. Okay, um, there's two ways to do that. One is to go to our sponsor. Which is the, the uh, balancetowellness.com.au website. It is, and you can download a, um, and you can actually order a screening test report uh, system there, or to call me on 0412-202-953. That phone number again for you is 412 0412- Two zero two nine five three. Or if you missed that, give us a call at two in your RFM. We'll point you in the right direction on that phone number, and also the website, which is balance, balance sorry, balance to wellness dot com dot au.